0: Welcome, and thank you for accepting our invitation to join this Bible study and reflection for August 25th, 2021. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Most merciful God, and our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day you have given us We thank you for your holy word. And most of all, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I want to start today by reading a post that was made in late July or early August on Facebook. As best I can tell, It is attributed to a woman named Beverly Greer, and I quote, Sometimes I just want it to stop. Talk of COVID, looting, brutality, I lose my way. I become convinced that this new normal is real life. Then I meet an 87-year-old who talks of living through polio, diphtheria, Vietnam protest, and yet is still enchanted with life. He seemed surprised when I said that 2020 must be especially challenging for him. No, he said slowly, looking me straight in the eyes. I learned a long time ago not to see the world through the printed headlines. I see the world through the people that surround me. I see the world with the realization that we love big. Therefore, I just choose to write my own headlines. Husband loves wife today. Family drops everything to come to grandma's bedside. He patted my hand. Old man makes new friend. His words collide with my worries. Freeing them from the tether I had been holding tight. They float away. I am left with a renewed spirit. My headline now reads Woman overwhelmed by the spirit of kindness and the reminder that our capacity to love is never ending. Now, in this post, the individual is obviously speaking of printed headlines or headlines broadcast on any number of networks and news channels. In biblical times, there would not have been printed headlines because there was obviously no printing press, and to produce the scrolls of ancient times took very many hours of tedious work. During my preparation for this Bible study and reflection, I came across an essay written by Stephen M. Coleman, and much of this study today is based on and quoted from his writings. Mr. Coleman wrote his essay for the Gospel Coalition, which was founded by Tim Keller. Jesus saw the world through the people that surrounded him, but he also saw and realized that the world, what the world could and would become through the scripture of what we know as the Old Testament. The headlines that Jesus so often referred to were found in what he referred to as the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. When the apostles read the Old Testament, they saw references to Christ and his kingdom, as it were, on every page. Jesus is the second Adam, the perfect law keeper, the descendant of the noble family of David, who would sit on David's throne forever, the ultimate singer of the Psalms, the wisdom of God, the suffering servant, the perfect high priest, to name just a few. The theological foundation for this conviction is that God is sovereign over history and he is the ultimate author of scripture. As such, God announced beforehand in type and shadow promise and prophecy the redemption he would accomplish through his incarnate son. He did this so that his people might believe on the promised Messiah prior to his coming, and so that those who knew the Christ who had come might have a greater understanding of the work he accomplished through his suffering and glory. Listen to the words of Jesus as he spoke to his disciples in the book of Luke, chapter 24, verses 44 through 48. Here is the reading. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. In addition to promises and prophecies which clearly foretell the person and the work of the coming Messiah, Christ is present in the Old Testament in the forms of types and shadows. Now the word type comes from the Greek word Tuposewich, and I probably butchered that, and I apologize for that, and that can literally mean an impress or imprint. A tupos is what the nails left in Jesus' hands. The holes in Jesus' hands were the imprint or impress of the nails. This is, in a sense, what we have in the Old Testament, impresses or imprints of Christ just like the holes in Jesus' hands are not the nails themselves. So, too, Old Testament types are not Christ himself, but they bear witness to him. Old Testament types were signs that pointed believers to the reality, what theologians call the antitype, which is Christ himself. The whole notion of typology is predicated upon there being a divine author of Scripture who has sovereignly ordered history so as to provide his people with these pictures beforehand of the person and work of Christ. Traditionally, types in the Old Testament are restricted to persons, places, things, or events which prefigure the work of Christ or an aspect of his kingdom. For example, Noah is a person who serves as a type of Christ. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. It was because of his righteousness, relative though it was because Noah was also a sinner himself, that God would use him to prefigure the work of his son. Righteous Noah saves himself and his family from the waters of judgment, and begins a new creation, order on the far side of the flood. Noah served God's people in his day, and he serves us today as a type of Christ, who, on the basis of his perfect righteousness, will save to all who take refuge in him. In addition to people serving as types, we also find places showing forth the imprint of Christ. I won't take a deep dive here but if you look at Genesis chapter 20 verses 10 through 22 and then fast forward to the book of John chapter 1 verse 51 you will see where Jesus is using the quote headlines end quote from an Old Testament story as he speaks to Nathanael what Jesus is saying to Nathanael is in effect I am the ladder connecting earth and heaven. I'm the one who will fulfill God's covenant promises to Jacob to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Along with people and places, a thing can be a type of Christ, the bronze serpent raised in the wilderness that brought healing and life to all who looked upon it. And this can be found in Numbers 21, verse 9, was a picture of the Son of God raised on a cross, bringing healing and life to all who looked to him by faith. Jesus could say to Nicodemus, and this this reading is one verse from the book of John, chapter 3, verse 14. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Now it's important to note that identifying types is not the application of some secret method or code whereby clever exegetes make Christ magically appear from any text of scripture. Rather, properly identifying types begins with an awareness of the deep patterns, images, and structures of scripture and recognizing their interconnectedness. Thankfully, the apostles themselves lay down a pattern for us to follow. We should learn to read the Old Testament with the Apostle Paul, who, for example, saw in Israel's crossing of the Red Sea a picture of baptism. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. How does the Red Sea Crossing prefigure baptism? Paul understood that what happened that day by the Red Sea was an act of God's judgment and mercy. Through the ministry of Moses, the mediator of the old covenant, Israel was able to pass through the waters of God's judgment, and Egypt, by contrast, was drowned in the waters of God's judgment. Just like in Noah's day, those attached to Noah, who came under his shelter in the ark, were saved from the judgment waters. So too, in Moses' day, Israel was led by Moses through those judgment waters, which would drown the Egyptians. Jesus demonstrates an awareness of this Old Testament type when he speaks of his crucifixion as his baptism. In answer to James and John's foolish request to sit on his right side and left side when they got to Jerusalem, Jesus said, Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism which I am baptized? It was on the cross that Jesus like the Egyptians drowned in the waters of God's judgment so that Israel so that the Israel of God in the new covenant like the Israel of God in the old covenant could reach that heavenly shore Paul saw this pattern he understood the typology of the water judgments throughout the old testament and he saw how they were were fulfilled in Christ as the mediator of a better covenant he understood also how baptism offers a sacramental picture of christians passing safely through the waters of god's judgment through faith in his son promises prophecies and types hardly exhaust in numerous places christ is present in the old testament to mention a few more in passing Christ fulfills the Old Testament as the keeper of law, the singer of psalms, the wisdom of God, the suffering servant, the righteous king, and perhaps controversially, the ideal husband portrayed most wonderfully in the Song of Songs. Yes, Christ even fulfills the Song of Songs. It is important to understand, therefore, that when the apostles saw Christ in the Old Testament, they were not imposing a meaning onto a text that was never intended by the divine author of scripture. The prophets themselves knew that they did not fully understand all they wrote. A Christocentric reading of the Old Testament is not a practice in free association, whereby interpreters ask themselves, What in this text reminds me of Jesus? Nor is it the adoption of a fanciful ancient Jewish method of interpretation that imposes a meaning on the text of the Old Testament in a way that they were never meant to be read. In John 5, verse 46, Jesus rebukes the Pharisees saying, for if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. If the Pharisees really understood Moses, Jesus is saying they would have received him as the one Moses foretold. The apostles give us a model for how we are to read and interpret scripture today. In closing, Jesus surely made headlines in the New Testament, but he also showed the importance of understanding the, quote, headlines, end quote, written in the Old Testament as I have often quoted the tagline of Bible Project, the Bible is one unified story that leads to Jesus. We would all be better served if we spent less time dwelling on the headlines and commentaries of current events and spent more time dwelling on the words written in the Old and New Testament and supplementing that with commentaries done by theologically sound scholars. Let us pray. Almighty God and most merciful Father, you have given us your holy word to both comfort and convict us, but primarily to introduce us to your Son, Jesus. Help us to abide in your word to strengthen our relationship with Jesus, our Lord. It is in his name we lift up this prayer. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord.